to overcome, succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty, defeat of an opponent to prevail, overpower or overwhelm of an emotion, adversity, a difficult or unpleasant situation, used in a sentence, resilience in the face of adversity. I want to break free. Hi, welcome back to Overcoming Adversity podcast with Blake Cohen and myself, Amanda Marino. Say hey, Blake. Hello, hello. This is episode seven, um, and Blake Cohen is a top-selling author and, or I'm sorry, best-selling author. Isn't that correct, Blake? (laughs) Best-selling author, international best-selling author. Thank you very much. Yes, and a certified addiction professional, and myself, I'm a certified recovery coach, certified life coach, and um, so yeah, we have a great episode ahead of you, Blake. Well, yeah, I want to introduce our guest because he's got an incredible story of adversity. You know, we, we talked about early on that Amanda and I struggle with addiction issues, and but we didn't want to have our guest be just people who've overcome a, a general addiction issue. We wanted something that was... Um, adversities that were a little bit more difficult to get over and things that uh, don't apply so much to the general population, but give us hope and show us that if this person can go through these type of things, then any of us can get through a lot of our issues that are usually a lot smaller. So for this episode, we have Matthew Setz on with us. And Matthew has is not only in recovery from addiction, but has an incredible story that I, I – Strongly suggest you listen to the very end of this podcast because there's going to be a lot of great information and just passion and a lot of gut-wrenching pieces of, of his story that are you're not going to want to miss. So, Matthew, hello. Thank you for coming on. It's great Thank to you, be Matt. here. Um, I'm very uh, humbled to be here, and I appreciate the invite. Well, we're, Thank you so much. We're definitely happy Absolutely. to have you. So it's... We, we had a woman on last week um, who had this incredible story. She was diagnosed with early onset Parkinson's and she had to overcome a, a medical issue like, mm-hmm. like that disease, and which is a very progressive disease. But, but you had a little bit different. It wasn't just a, a genetic disease that affected you. It was a, an accident, right? Yeah, actually, uh, it's been almost three years now. Um, essentially, I suffered a very freak and horrific accident um, that has led me um, to a point now where uh, this past February 2019, I had a, a, a below the knee amputation of my left leg. Um, so I have been dealing with that for almost three years. Um, and like I said, in the blink of an eye, my life just changed. Um, the circumstances surrounding it, the way everything happened, it was just, um, it almost seems like the best way I can put it is almost like a fluke accident, but um, it changed my life in the blink of an eye, and um, I have really been through it the past three years, uh, up and down, multiple, multiple surgeries, um, complications, um, of course, with that depression, um, you know, all sorts of things. So I have uh, recently, when I say recently, I would say uh, realistically since this past April, I feel like I've uh, really turned a corner. Um, I feel very blessed, um, and I feel like that I have um, sort of been winning this fight for the first time in two and a half years. Um, so 
that's kind of where I'm at today. If um, I'm not mistaken, it. so it, it's a very mm-hmm. so you said it's a very recent amputation, February. Yes, February of this year. Yes, I went I mean, through two. I went through two and a half years of uh, multiple surgeries of them trying to save the leg, uh, rehab, following surgeries, um, trying to get my leg strong, and then. You know, just they would they would examine it essentially, and they would say, "Okay, we need to do this." Uh, we so should do this. they tried. They tried for a long time, and then that was they tried different things, is what you're saying. And then they they tried that- different right. Yeah, they tried different things: full fusions, partial fusions. They put various hardware in my leg. Um, they, uh, you know, my bones all knitted together, and essentially, um, I was to the point where if I was really going to have any quality of life going forward, um, being active in any way, um, you know, before this happened, I was an avid golfer. Um, I like to go to the gym some, but I didn't do it that much. Uh, but I realized pretty quickly, I, I'm just not going to have at 40, the time the accident happened, I was 40 years old. Um, I'm not going to have any quality of life. Um, I'm going to be pretty immobile. Um, and I'm going to be in a lot of pain for, pretty much the rest of my life. And for me, wow. that just, that just didn't work. You know, um, Matthew, were you in pain and immobile those years from 2016? Yeah. So, so, so yeah. you were like, can you explain that? Frustrated. Like what that was like a little bit? It was, it was like, uh, living with, so the pain levels would vary. Um, obviously, you know, post-surgery, I would be miserable, um, I had to have people take care of me. Um, I had to essentially be assisted with every aspect of my life. Uh, you want to talk about swallowing your pride. Um, right. It's emasculating really, in a sense. Uh, it's terribly emasculating. I, was, I, I wasn't extremely blessed to have people who helped me through that journey, but the pain never went away. Um, it would be worse or less at times. Um, you know, like you touched on, I do have past addiction issues. Um, so I had to be very careful of what I, of, of how I took care of that pain. And it was just extremely frustrating, but was more frustrating than anything was essentially just being homebound and feeling like you're on house arrest, um, 24 hours a day because you can't do it. I mean, when you, when I say you can't do anything, you can't do anything. You, you take things for granted that you never even thought about going to the grocery store, whatever. It's just, um, and it just takes a toll on you mentally, um, so I've, I had to make a decision and I was, and I, I just got to the point where I was fed up to be honest. So I can imagine besides the physical pain and the physical aspects of everything you were going through, the emotional side of this roller coaster of where you keep getting hope. That, okay. We're going to do another surgery that hopefully this is going to fix it. You're given hope. And then it's just a series of letdowns over and over and over again. So what, what was it like for you? Was there a sense of relief when they decided to amputate the leg? Was there a sense of relief that at least this is going to be in your past now? That's funny you asked that. Um, <laughs> very much so. Um, I went through an entire stage and um, an entire time period that I probably allowed myself to stay in way too long, where I just kept asking, why me? Why is this happening to me? Um, mm-hmm. And I will tell you that it was completely, um, it was, I, I was hurting no one but myself. Um, it was detrimental to myself. Uh, why me? Why me? I remember, I remember doing the same thing 
um, when I first got sober, I remember sitting in rehab and saying to myself, why me? How is this happening to me? Like, where did I go wrong? How do, why, like, why God, why is this happening to me? And eventually I got to a point in my recovery where I wouldn't change what happened. And I'm glad that I'm in recovery and I'm glad I have that part of my life to share as my story. And I am, I've, I've essentially gotten myself to the place where, I mean, let's be real. If you ask me, Matthew, would you like to have your leg back and have it be completely healthy? Sure. But I have come to terms with it. And I have gotten to a point now because of what I'm trying to do and um, which is help others that this is just a part of my life. Sure. It's a part of my story and I have accepted it. So I'm not asking myself why me anymore. This is my, you know, this is, um, this is just part of my journey. And, um, you know, God laid this out before me and I'm simply um, supposed to take this and use it however I can. If I impact someone, um, in a positive fashion, then I feel like I've succeeded. I mean, we're going to talk about you for a second, like you're not here. Amanda, isn't like that, that level of acceptance is remarkable, right? I like, I don't yeah. know that I could even get there. Or, I mean, I guess if you're in the situation and you have to, you, you get there, but I couldn't even imagine losing a part of me like that. And it's such an important part. I mean, you're, that's a life changing part that, that, that you lost, Matt. And I, uh, your level of acceptance is incredible. Well, Blake, you and I well, talk about when we're just thrown off kilter from something like traveling, you know, with our spiritual sense. And I think that, that, you know, I would imagine Matthew, that something, you know, something bigger and greater than you in some kind of way was the only way, you, you know, you were able to um, accept this or have this new perspective on it because I mean, who wouldn't feel bad and and say, why me? I think that that's very common, but the fact that you, you know, made a conscious decision, something had to, to spring that. I'd love to hear like, like more on that too. You know, like what was, what happened? Like what, what made that decision for you that you didn't want to sit in that anymore? Well, can, can I before, cause that, that's a very good point, And I do want to hear that answer to that. I, but I kind of want to just take one step backwards really quick, if that's okay with everybody. I, the, the, what I'm thinking is, you know, and Amanda, I don't know if you have the same thoughts, but when you're in recovery, especially early on in recovery, you're kind of, you're, there's this big fear that something's going to happen where you get injured, especially if pain medication is a problem of yours and that you're going to get injured. And then what happens then? I'm kind of curious that I know you were in a lot of pain, but was there a sense of guilt of when you had to take that first pain medication shot, those pain pills, was there like this sense of lingering guilt that, that you were screwing up your recovery? Um, Honestly, no, I did not have a sense of guilt. Um, but what I did have was a game plan um, that I formulated pretty quickly. Um, I have a network of people um, who will hold me accountable um, at all times. Um, this is really, you know, one of the ways that I've really managed to get through all of this um, are the people I've, I am, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life, but one decision that I, or one thing that I've been able to do by the grace of God, is I keep a really solid network of people who who have helped me, whether it's just text messaging or calling me to check on me. So when it came to the pain meds, um, I had people constantly checking on me. When I was in the hospital and under a doctor's care, due to the severity of the injury, I made a decision um, through thought and prayer and talking to other people that I'm going to, my doctors were aware of my situation, but when I'm in the hospital, when I'm under under direct doctor's care, 
they can do whatever they need to do in order to make me comfortable. Right. Um, when they sent me home, when they sent me home, I would say, you know, don't send me home with a prescription. Send me home with an exact amount of medication. If I, if you think I need medication for the next six days, send me home with only that amount. At right. that point, it would become, I would go home and I would give it to somebody to hold for me. I wouldn't keep it in my possession. And I always had this little thing in my head where I always stopped before it was time. I, I never exhausted all my medication. I would, I would tell them to flush it or I would just tell them to keep it. I'm good. And I would switch to, you know, IB, you know ibuprofen 800 or something else, right. non-narcotic ones. Um, Funny because you think about in active addiction, even imagining that idea of leaving leftover pain pills in a bottle. Like I couldn't even picture that when I was in my active addiction. Never, ever. But I was too, I was angry at this point and I sort of adopted it a mentality of all this is happening. I'll be damned if I let myself or let addiction get me. Right. Hanging Um, on to that recovery. Yes, that was, that's what I had. I just had my recovery at that point. I was, I lot you know, I I had no ability to work because I was homebound. I was, I had actually just moved to South Carolina when this happened. I had lived my, I had lived the last 11 years of my life in Tampa where my network was and most of my friends were. And I'm literally living in a town in an apartment by myself and not knowing anyone and dealing with this. And it was awful, but I was just going to, if I was going to do anything, I was going to fight for my sobriety. You know, if I was going to, if I was going to have anything to hold on to, it's going to be that. It's such a testament to the power of recovery and how much better a life of recovery is than active addiction that you are willing to fight against. You have these extreme pain and these issues and you're willing to fight for your recovery. Most of all, uh, instead of going backwards, like it just, it's such a testament. Yeah. And you know, it's not, uh, um, I, you know, people have, people showed me the way, um, this yeah. isn't, you know, this isn't that I'm just, you know, I'm not full of, I'm, I'm full of grit, but I, people showed me the way I took, I took advice. I listened. Um, I know where, you know, if we really want to dive into the whole recovery, I know where my will takes me. I know how that goes. I've seen that movie before. It's terrible. Yeah. I don't want to watch it again. Um, well, that's know, what I, the grace of God, I, I was just able to fight. That's what I mean about recovery in general is, you know, recovery provides us a support network and it re- provides us with a tribe of people that we rely on and that can teach us and that can help us through the hard times. And that's what I, I mean by it almost is as opposed to going back to the isolation of addiction and just being caught, getting caught up in that drug as opposed to living a life of recovery and having to be held accountable by other people and being a part of even while facing such adversity is, is that's the testament that I, I'm, I'm hearing. Well, and the real recovery, and, because people that, you know, that's when most people, like when they're alone, that's when like the tests come in because you have right. all that support and you have all these people, but when you're alone in an area, you don't know anybody and you're going through something this tragic. I mean, that, that's really inspiring, Matthew. You know, uh, it, and it's, it's been that way my entire recovery. And, and like I said, I'm just really blessed. God has provided me with friendships upon friendships when I, and, and, and the timing was always perfect whenever I was down and believe you me, I love to isolate. Um, I can get down on isolating. Um, and hmm. I was no, no one would let me. 
whether it was direct messages on social media, whether it was blowing up my phone with text messages, um, whatever it was, someone was always reaching out to me, calling me. Um, my parents live in proximity to me now. One of them, my dad would just walk in and say, hey, how you doing? Um, it, it, I, couldn't, I couldn't get away with it, even though I wanted to at times. I always tell this story. Um, because it's really, uh, it's really, um, it's a microcosm for when I talk about my relationships and friends. Um, right after my amputation, I was miserable. I was sick. Um, I had had it. I really thought I was at the end of my rope. Um, I was ready and willing to take anything I could to put me out of this misery. And it was about three in the morning. And my buddy, one of my best friends, he, he and his wife just had a baby and, um, his wife was up taking care of the baby and um, she, it was three in the morning and she sent me pictures because I had texted earlier. I texted both of them early in the evening and I was like, you know, I want to see the baby. So at three in the morning, cause she was up feeding the baby. She started sending me all these pictures of her newborn. And I'm looking at this kid, like the cutest kid ever. And at that point I was just, you know, and it was just that moment. I'm like, okay, so now I can't go and do what I thought I was going to do. I'm sitting here looking at this precious kid. Right. And the timing of it, I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but the timing of it was perfect. And it was just, that's the way it's been this whole time. The timing of my friends, I tell people all the time, I have the best friends. I have the best network I, I could, a guy could ever want. And it's a total blessing because I don't deserve it, but I've got it. And I'm so happy I do. That's, that's awesome. You know, I, I was thinking about just that saying that they have in the rooms or people have in recovery that we're all crazy, but we're not crazy at the same time, or we're all sick, but we're not sick at the same time. And that's how, that's why it works. And that's why we can take care of each other. So in the interest of time, I want to move forward um, and kind of answer what Amanda's question was, what specifically besides this support that you had, what did you have to do? So after February, you know, you mentioned that you were in excruciating pain, that there was, some blocks that weren't supposed that were supposed to uh, pain blocks that were supposed to go down that didn't and your pain level was making you suicidal so where what what was the turn that you took and and tell us about the upswing sure so and like what uh, happened for the upswing too absolutely um so basically what happened was the amputation was back in february and like you mentioned they were supposed to give me a a pain block when you get out of surgery and recovery and they completely neglected to give me a nerve block in my leg. And that was the worst eight hours of my life. And I felt so bad for the nurse who was taking care of me that night because she was crying. She couldn't do anything to stop my pain. And she was crying um, on the floor. And the next morning, the charge nurse came on and they figured it out that I didn't get my pain block. And I remember two anesthesiologists came running into my room and they, they initiated it and apologized to me. The, 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 the administrator of the hospital came into my room and apologized and said they'd never had anything like this happen before. And, you know, I got out of the hospital and a week later, one of my close, close friends, she had to take me to the emergency room because guess what? I got staph infection oh, um, in the leg and they had to cut it open and clean it out. No way. And I spent another eight days in the hospital. But the worst part about that is they put a pick line in my chest through my bicep into my into my chest and I had to wear that for 21 days. Um, I was strapped to that thing and that, and I was at home, but you know, I had home health nurses coming to me, mental health nurses. Um, and this was the lowest of the lows. Um, 
what started happening was I have always had a foundation um, of, of, of God and my faith. And um, there have been times in my life where I have um, relied on it and, um, you know, worked on it. And there have been times when I haven't. Um, I turned to my faith, to be honest with you. I really turned to my faith. Um, when I could, you know, on Sunday mornings, I would get myself out, you know, best as I could. I would go to church on crutches with IVs hanging out of me. I was miserable, but I would do it. Um, a lot of prayer, a um, lot of doing my best to not isolate. Um, and then I essentially got this wild idea that like, you know what, I'm, even though I'm on crutches and all this, I'm going to start going to the gym. I'm going to start working out as hard as I could. Um, and it slowly just started to build and get better get better and get better, you know, make myself uncomfortable. I would do these things and, um, I would try to find productive things to do. I've actually, um, you know, been working on a book. Um, so, you know, keep my mind occupied and that's essentially what I've been doing. And as time has progressed here, um, now we're into August, I feel light years better than I did, you know, six months ago for sure. Wow. So you, you, Tell us about the book. What's, what's that? Is that your life story? Well, um, essentially, uh, the title of the book is called This is Why, Finding Your Truth Through Adversity. And I've broken it down into two parts um, as I work on it. The first part is going to be um, about my recovery or being in addiction and, 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 getting re- and, and getting into recovery because that's a huge life event. The second part of the book is going to be about this injury. Um, it's, that's, those are the two parts that the book is going to focus on. My thought process is this, I'm not a therapist. Um, I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a life coach. I'm not a wellness coach. Um, I really admire all of you that are in those lines of work, but I'm, I am none of those. I'm not a, I, I'm not a physical, I'm not a trainer. I'm not a, you know, a dietitian. But what I do think I have that I can hopefully help someone with, because that's what I've been trying to figure out, is how, is how I can possibly impact people in a positive fashion. Sure. I think I can by perspective. Um, I can help people with perspective and dealing with adversity. Everyone has their own adversity. Mine just happens to be dealing with an amputation from an accident. Yours could be an awful divorce, the death of someone close to you, um, financial strife, unemployment, uh, drug addiction, whatever it could be. Um, Everyone's is a little different, but the way you approach it in a lot of ways is very similar. Um, And when I say that, I I mean simply your mindset. Whatever your adversity is, your mindset mindset makes a huge difference. Um, And I feel like the mindset is pretty universal. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to lend people perspective um, and maybe they can read this and maybe it'll just help somebody deal with whatever they're going through at that moment in time when they read it. Wow. So when can we expect to see it? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. I have not set any type of hard date um, and that's purposeful um, because I just want to make sure I get it right. This is, um, I'm, this is I'm definitely a novice um, at this, but I'm hoping um, somewhere around the holidays. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, I think that would be cool. And I think that's a decent target date, um, you know, to aim for. Um, but so that's what I'm hoping for. If not the holidays, 
shortly thereafter, maybe before. We'll see. Like I said, I'm not going to paint myself into a corner on that. Totally get it. No, I think, I'm, Matthew, when you come from the heart, I think that, you know, and you tell your story and tell your truth, like you said, all the things that you may not be, uh, you know, as far as qualified, but your story and your truth that you've walked through and you're coming from your heart and then also on your time, you know, but that's really awesome. Sure. Excited to, to look out for your book. Yeah, me too. Well, so I appreciate that. And if there's anything that I can do to help you, because I, I just came out with my first book and I know what the process looks like and I have some good resources for you. So we can talk off the air, of course, but just if I can help you in any way, please let me know because I just went through the process myself. So I totally get it. Halfway through the intro, halfway through your intro, I wrote that down to contact you off there. So yeah, so you, so be prepared because I'm going to blast you with a bunch of questions because I have I'm, a bunch. I'm happy to help. Yay, he's awesome so too. I appreciate helpful. Yeah, no, it's my, and I like to do it. It's fun for me. So uh, thank you for this incredible story. And I think, I think you've inspired a lot of people. I know you've inspired me today. I want to go look in the mirror and just look at myself and just go, wah, because I was complaining about some things earlier. So I appreciate you. You got me off of my ass today and realized that I have to put things back in perspective, which sometimes, like you said, God does things for us that we can't do for ourselves. So I, I needed that. Um, we do have one last segment on the show that I, I didn't tell you about before we started recording. That's a I'm blindsiding you with right now. That's called Let It Out. Okay. It's more fun that way. Okay. We like to blindside a little oh, bit, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. called right. Let It Out. So essentially, you know, okay. we all go through our own daily adversities. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to let it out. You just got to just make it known. Don't keep it in. It's kind of that whole problem shared is a problem cut in half type of thing. So uh, mm-hmm. What is on your mind today, Matt? What's something you want to let out? Wow. Um, boy, you got me good. Um, <laughs> if you want, I can go first, and then maybe Amanda, and then you can go last if you'd like. Blake, Blake, we try this each time to get them to go first, and it's like we, I think we catch them too off guard. <laughs> I think we've learned now from now, yeah, from now on, we'll, I'll go first. Or you and I. I like first. the okay. idea. I like the idea of trying to make someone else go first. I do, but I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, usually the reason I have people go first is because I have to think of mine. So, Right. We try to put you guys out there on blast so we can, can uh, work on our thoughts. I can go first. Go ahead. Okay. Sure. Now, I know that's something that we all like, well, maybe not you because you're in South Carolina, but you did live in Florida, is traffic, okay? Traffic is always mm-hmm. a struggle. And people are just, I mean, they, the way they drive and their disregard for others on the road is really, honestly scary and disgusting at the same time. So let's, my let it out is like people, you know, remember that there's other people on the road. Remember that if you forgot to turn, you know, you can't cut across the whole thing in the rain, you know, cut across the whole entire street. Like maybe you have to go and like turn around and do it again. So that's my let it out. Cause I drove to Miami yesterday in the rain and, you know, and I just was like I, I baffled every few minutes on what I was seeing happen on the road. But this stuff is our life. These are, our, this is our life. We, people can die. So that's my let it out is people. You're not the only one on the road. Pay attention and be a little less selfish on the road. Think about your, your surrounding people. So there's, there it is. It's not super deep today, but it, it definitely, um, was where my head was at. So <laughs> no, mine's not Thanks. super deep either. My, mine is my let it out is that I just, I wish that being lazy and doing nothing. And I'm not talking about like meditative doing nothing. I'm talking about just being lazy and going home and not going to the gym and not finishing up work and not eating dinner. I wish I can just do nothing. And that could constitute a self-care. 
but it doesn't work for me. Like I have to go to my meetings. I have to go to the gym. I have to take care of myself if I want to feel good. And I just today, I hate that. Okay. Well, I consider getting in my pajamas self-care. Swear to God. <laughs> totally I know, but it's when, it, when I, I want to do it multiple days in a row and ignore everything I have to do. And that's when it becomes true. Not, yeah. That's when it becomes a detriment to myself. So that's my it. let it out today. Matthew. Thanks, Blake. Oh, well, um, mine is, um, you know, so I woke up this morning, which is sort of this low level, just this baseline anxiety, um, so to speak. I don't, and I was kind of, I didn't really know why. Um, I, I, I struggle with myself. Um, I try to figure out if I'm, uh, it was, I've just been wondering today, like, am I doing enough? Um, could I be doing more? Um, I feel the same. I feel the lazy today. Absolutely. I feel the lazy. Um, I went to the gym. Um, I was trying new stuff and I was, um, failing at it. Um, and I had plans and goals to do things today in the gym that I didn't even try because I just didn't, I, I lacked the self-confidence. Um, you know, so I drove home and I was sort of down on myself for, um, you know, just taking the easy way out. Um, but I'm probably going to go back and do it again this evening and try again. And, um, I have failed a lot, uh, with these things that I'm trying to do when I, when I hit the gym and I'll continue to, but eventually I'll get it right, you know, and I'll figure out a way to make some progress. So my let it out would be that, um, I'm just kind of down on myself and thinking that I should be making more progress. I would say. I totally, I think we let it out. That. I get that. Let we it out. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I totally understand that one. So thank you again, Math, Matthew, for, for coming on the show. I think it was really insightful. and, and Thank powerful. you so much. Listen, it's my pleasure. Um, I, like I said, I've never done anything like this before. This was a really cool experience. Um, and I'm very grateful um, that I was able to link up with the two of you and uh, get on here and do this. So I very yes, much thank appreciate Ms. it. Yes, thank you, Ashley. Ashley is one of our our regular listeners and she was like, I have somebody I think would be a great guest. And so thank you, Ashley. And thank you for listening each week and, and, you know, for all your support. Um, Yeah, we really appreciate it. All right. So we have some exciting guests coming up here in the future. So keep listening. If you guys like our podcast, please go hit that subscribe button. Go follow us on Facebook at Overcoming Adversity Podcast. And if you are interested in being a guest on our show, we are vetting tons of emails. We are going through a lot. It's been amazing how every, how much everybody's reaching out. Please shoot us an email at overcomingadversity at gmail.com and tell us a little bit about your story. And if if we're interested, we'll get back to you. So Keep thank it you. short and sweet. Like a paragraph or two is, is good. We can get the... So if we get a paragraph or two about the over, uh, adversities you've overcome and then we can review them and we'd love to hear your story. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks again, Matt. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day.